What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking with Steph Iliff. I am so excited for this podcast and to be bringing it to you every single week to be just talking about all the things that life has to offer us, right? I'm hoping that I can bring you some insights, some laughter, some amazing interviews with some awesome powerhouses who have let go of fear, who have totally stepped into themselves, who are living their best life so you can learn from them. I want to be talking to you every single week as well about different things that are going on in my life as a self-love coach, as a mom, as a woman, as someone who is dating and like the whole dating scene and how it's so important that we date with self-love so we don't ruin our own self-love, how to create, you know, amazing habits that truly stick with you for a lifetime so you become your best self, so you can become your inner powerhouse and how to just let go of fear and fully step into you. So every week I'm going to be bringing you different topics that align with that, different interviews with different amazing people. And we're just going to be talking about it and having the best time. So thank you so much for joining in to Just Talking with Steph Island. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking with Steph Iliff. I'm so excited. We have our very first guest today. It's Libby Crow. She is just so amazing. Uh, so Libby is a global mentor for entrepreneurs, helping them grow their business and their minds. She's the founder of LC International, a marketing strategy company for digital consultants and co-founder of The Daily Shift a personal development company for aspiring and accomplished entrepreneurs alike. She's dedicated to helping entrepreneurs see the journey as a bridge to raising the vibration of the planet and then later as a portal for giving back through philanthropy. <laughs> like I can't even say all the words, but Libby is just so amazing. She's someone that I followed on Instagram and she is serious. Like if you don't, if you guys don't follow her, make sure you go follow her because she's so inspiring. She's super hilarious. She's just real. She's amazing. Awesome. And her story is incredible. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how she was able just to change her mindset and change her life from going through wanting to commit suicide to being this amazing, influential person who just like is living life to the best life. So welcome Libby. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and to share anything um, that I find really helpful, useful, soulful to those listening. Thanks for having me. Yes. And I just want to tell you guys something here too. So I know that last, our last, last episode was about letting go of fear and it's like breaking through identities. And so one of the things that I did to get Libby on here is I just broke through fear of like, I'm just going to message all these amazing people that I look up to on Instagram and be like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. Would you be on? And this is how, you know, you're in flow when things are just working. And she's like, actually, I've been saying no to podcasts for the last three years. Today I decided yes let's go. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like perfect timing. Yeah. I, I was just kind of focused really in my own lane for quite a while. And then I was like, okay, I'm in a, in a season of more spaciousness now. And I was like, let me just be of service to other people's audiences and connect with epic humans like you. So it was great timing. God, I'm so thankful for it. So bless you. Thank you so much. Um, so let's kind of just go ahead and get started. So Tell our listeners a little bit of your backstory as far as going from growing up in Wyoming, from being a teacher, uh, your dad dying, you wanting to commit suicide, like just kind of walk us through all that. Yeah. I mean, we all have these pivotal par parts in our lives and these like um, pits, you know, opposite of the peak moments. And for me, uh, some of the, the pits were kind of the low point when I was teaching first and second grade, when I was overweight and I was stressed out and I made no money. I could hardly, you know, pay for my life at a really, really budget central person at that time too. And I was just kind of in a low place. My dad had passed away and I 
I was kind of like open to anything. And, um, obviously that was during my dark time too, where I just like, didn't know if I wanted to be on the planet, like just really searching for a lot of answers and something different than how I was living my mindset, my current reality. And actually what came into my field, a couple things. Number one, um, like this medium person who like broke me out of my atheistness and like helped me open my heart to spirituality and connectedness with source or whatever that is for you, you know, that happened. And then this opportunity got dropped in my lap, um, actually through a network marketing company at the time. And it was like about getting healthy and what have you and wellness and nutrition. And I was like, okay, well, let me just focus on my health because everything else just kind of feels like crap. So I focused on that. I actually, um, started to be a coach for that network marketing company and, uh, became really successful because I'm, I had that like achiever kind of tendency to me. Yeah. And yeah. And so I was still teaching, started my side hustle. Didn't even know that was what it was called back then and, uh, started making money, started matching my teaching salary, which wasn't a ton, obviously like around 2k a month. And I was like, you know what, if I can spend 10 hours a week on this, I can have my own company and, quit teaching. I love the kids and everything, but to me, it just didn't provide the lifestyle or evolution I was looking for as a human. And, and so basically I quit teaching and that's when this whole entrepreneurship roller coaster really began. That's when I started to wake up. That's when I got on this self-love journey. That's when kind of everything opened up. So that was my first big pit that just, I was like, what is life? What am I here for? Everything feels hard. I was grieving, you know, from the death of my dad. And, and then these opportunities started to prevent, present themselves. And I said yes to them and believed in myself. And, and so that was seven years ago. And so that was kind of the first one. And then that led me onto a really beautiful journey where I, I started my own company and brand. And I've been able to facilitate transformation for women in all different areas from life uh, coaching and, and that kind of a thing to body positivity all the way to now being able to mentor other female entrepreneurs in their companies because of the success that I've had and kind of the duplicatable methods and systems I, I teach others now. So to be able to grow their own company. So it's been a journey, lots of pits and peaks along those seven years, you know, after that first gnarly one. But uh, yeah, I think the whole time, the thread line was that I was committed to my inner evolution. I love that. I love a couple of things that you said there that you, when you actually started to be awakened and you started to believe in yourself. So like when we start to actually believe in ourselves is when we start to actually awaken ourselves. What steps did you take to find this like inner belief in yourself? And like, I'm just going to do it. Like I have this inner achiever. I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to be a teacher. I can do whatever I want to do. Cause so many people get so stuck in what they think they should do or what they believe they should do. And they don't have like their own spirituality or their own, like their own guidingness of what they can do. And I think when you're in flow and when you're really wakening yourself up to be who you're meant to be, like you said, things just start happening for you. And when you are in that things just happen for you. So talk to me about how you got into that space and how would you tell our listeners how they could start to get in that space? Yeah. So for me, there were two kind of shifts and one I'm in right now. So the first shift was in my mind. So my yeah. mind was like, okay, if that person can have success, they came from a small town. I came, went to their seminar and they seem legit. I can do it too. So the first switch was in my mind of just seeing that, oh, all of this is possible for me too. Um, you know, I was kind of living in a matrix of like, 
okay, I'm fed the story that you should go to college, you should get a job, you should pay off your student loan debt, you should get married, you should have a kid, you should buy a house, you should take one vacation a year. I was fed that. Then I broke out of that mental matrix and was like, whoa, actually anything's possible. So that was the first awakening is feeding my mind new stories and new rules for myself. Then came like the real stuff, which was more of the spiritual awakening, which I think a lot of people are afraid of. They can change their mindset, but are they changing on a deep inner spiritual, emotional place? And that's where I hired coaches and therapists and mentors who could help me tap into this part of me that I had never truly accessed, which was really my heart and my soul. Even though I'm heart centered, people find that kind of shocking. It's like we have these this shadow and the dust that we swept under the rug our whole life. And so, so kind of like the healing process and the awakening that we are powerful manifestors and, and like the juicy stuff that happened later. So it was first a mental cerebral shift and like, Whoa, all this stuff is possible. A whole new world. I'm available for that. I can do that. And feeding my mind good stories about that. And then it was like, oh, my inner world has to change if I'm really going to keep this up and, and stay the distance. And if I'm in this for the long game, which I was dedicated to being in for the long game, when I realized this was a thing, right. <laughs> um, I'm not from like a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't know about this thing, you know, this yeah. thing called being a boss. And, yeah. and when I really realized I was in it, I'm like, okay, I need to change some things on a soul level. Um, so that I'm vibrating and that my frequency is super open and I'm living from a place of inquiry versus, you know, judgment or close-mindedness or limitations. So that was intense, obviously, lots of crying, lots of different modalities from just straight one-on-one -on -one coaching to going to retreats, to um, talk therapy, to being in sisterhood with women who are going through the same things, to doing my own studying with books and courses, and, and then um, later to different modalities like sound healings, energy work, hypnotherapy, all sorts of really groovy things that allow us to break free and allow our souls to continue to elevate. Yes. I love that. Love, love, love that. And I love that you're saying it's starting with your mind and then it's doing your own inner work. Right. And like, that's the hard part is asking yourself really hard questions, rewriting the stories for yourself and deciding what is it that you want to believe. And like, and then it's looking at life as a gift. Don't you feel like it's like you go back and you do all this inner work and you see like all these things really happen for you to get you here. And then you're like, Oh my gosh. Like, Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh my gosh. Like this is all, yes. like, oh, it's all had a purpose. Like, Oh, this all, this all had to happen so I could be here and so I could have this heart of gratitude. And so I could look at life with like this whole new lens and you see it and you're like, holy shit, everything is so beautiful. How have I never seen this before? And it's literally as if you had been blind and then you literally can see because you see a life that is limitless, full of possibilities, but you can't get there unless you're willing to do the work. And like, I love it. You said like when you decided, Oh, this is who I am now. You have to start showing up as that every single day. You have to stay committed to it. And I think a lot of people, they taste it for a minute and they're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Wait, so I, I can do this. And then fear sets in and they, they peel themselves back rather than fully jumping in and being like, this is who I am. I'm going to show up as this every single day. So what would you suggest, or maybe from your own experience, like, did you ever feel like that where maybe you started being like, Oh, this is real. And it kind of started to scare you and fear set in, or maybe an old identity set in. How did you move past that and just keep like thriving and like really, you know, have that pivotal moment where you just kept pushing yourself to your next level? Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of things. One is yes. Like you said, 
I started seeing the obstacle as the exciting thing. So I, I, it wasn't even that I'm like, I'm going to show up. It was more just like, wow, life is more fun when I'm seeing everything is for me, whether it's that person that cut me off in traffic or the rude cashier or the client who's crazy or whatever. It's like everything is for me and for my learning. And when I started to look through the lens of that, all of these, what would be quoted as challenges became fun little obstacle courses where I got to be my own inner explorer. I got to be curious and learn from it and then teach others. So instead of feeling like life is happening or life is happening to me, I really did look through that lens of life is happening for me through everything, not just business. And, and so secondarily, I don't really believe that we should just put so much pressure on ourselves to show up every day, like as our highest self, like, I think that's so raw, raw, raw. And that's just not true or grounded. We have days where we tap into self doubt, where we don't, we don't believe in ourselves where we feel like quitting no matter how successful you get. Like last year I scaled my company to seven figures. Of course I still had days where I was like, I don't like this. I don't, you know? And, and when we, it's kind of like people say, new level, new devil. I don't like that. I think it's like new level, new opportunities for depth of, of consciousness, basically. So basically you get to certain points and then it's like your complete evolutionary journey begins again. It's like, okay, I mastered leadership. Oh, on level one of Mario, next level. <laughs> you won't even know what leadership yeah. is. You haven't even touched it, right? So Mario Kart doesn't work in here. What's happening? Why yeah, yeah, you're like, I thought I mastered this, you know, psych. <laughs> So for me, it's like, it's not that every day I'm just showing up as some vibrant unicorn. It's more like, okay, this new thing is presenting itself to me at a different level because I'm at a different frequency and busting through where I've been. What's available? What new thing can I learn? Um, How can I work through my shadow around this? And so to me, it's, it's, it's kind of impossible. And I think it's, kind of toxic to pretend or say that, you know, you're going to show up every day like a rock star. It's like, no, you're human. You're going to, especially on your period. You think I show up great on my period? No, I'm like, everyone's annoying. I don't want to do this, you know? So, so I, I just think, especially as a female, I think men are tapping into this more too. We're navigating an emotional experience every day and our business and the way that we quote show up right. might and hopefully does re- reflect that truth and that alignment that we're are, we are beings that have seasons of, you know, f- and fluctuations of all the things in every day. So for me, it's not been about showing up every day, like, let's go live a crow. Even though my old mindset was that it was very pressure based. I'll tell you what, really good at being mean to myself. Yeah. And like beating myself up. But now it's more like, the question that really moves me that I wish I would have tapped into that's so self-loving at the beginning and even over the first five years was what do I need right now? Mm. And, and I, that's how I live now. So like this morning I could have just answered emails and worked on my wedding website and like done all these things, but I took a bath and I hung out with my dog and drank coffee because that's what I needed and that's what I wanted. So then comes this awareness around masculine and feminine, feminine energy and kind of like, you know, doing, but still being. And, and so it's a dance, I tell you. <laughs> I love that though. Cause I think that's so important too, is that it's okay to slow down. It's okay to be grounded. And like, 
you know what? Sometimes things are going to have to change and you have to roll with that and be like, what do I really, I love that question. Like, what do I really need right now? And like being present with yourself for me, like doing meditation totally changed my life and learning how to be present with myself. Cause I'm such a spaz tastic, like go, 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 go person. And I never was able just to sit and be silent and like actually hear like what I needed to hear. And when I learned how to meditate and I learned how to just sit and like just journal and like be alone and be by myself, I grew the most. And I heard what I actually needed to hear for the first time. Um, do you have like a specific routine that you like to follow or anything that you do that you feel like has helped you be successful for yourself? Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that you're able to sit with yourself in silence now. I think that's going to be the greatest medicine of our time for people as the addiction to technology is just soaring and, and our addiction to proving and doing. So I think that that is going to be the best medicine more than almost like nutrition more than anything is like stillness and sitting with yourself. Um, so I do that. And, and one of the ways that I love to do this is I study gene keys. Have you heard of gene keys? So it's a really cool, really, really cool system and, and kind of, um, evolutionary framework that you can play with. It's a big book, but it's much more than that because there's these 64 keys that kind of related to like our genetic makeup or what makes us as a person. And, and for your own profile, you have these different keys. You can like find it online. Okay. Yeah. And I read a page in the book and, and the book is like just crazy for consciousness elevation. And even if it's not your jinky and you just look up any of the 60 in this book and like read a page from it or whatever. And I sit there and I read that and I sit in silence and I just think about, okay, why am I here? What am I ready to give today? What do I need to give myself? And that time that is like the juice that gets me ready for the day. That's what makes me feel creative and inspired to write a post or to show up on stories or write my list and email or whatever, because I'm pouring into myself. I'm tapping in and activating my curiosity and I'm up leveling because I'm breaking old patterns and thoughts. So that, that don't serve me anymore. So it's, that's, I would say such a fun thing. It really only lasts 20, 25 minutes. Right. It doesn't um, have to be like this whole like 17 yeah. hour escapade. People are like, okay, do I have to do like a drum circle? Should I put on like a certain oh outfit? Oh my God. Get in the TV and spend. Yeah. It can get crazy. And I think that's also a really good point. I think that there's this misconception that if you're like super embodied and spiritual and you like got it going on, you're like out in the mountains all the time, just like yes. not in life and you're, you're like with a shaman and a goat you're like no yeah. I'm actually in my kitchen and I just drink coffee and yeah like it doesn't have to be crazy like what makes you feel stoked like maybe for you you go to a coffee shop and with a girlfriend and you guys just like sit together and write like maybe that's soul healing I don't know but for me I love being by myself I love peace and quiet as a highly sensitive person mm -hmm. and I love pouring into myself and I love a hot bevy in the morning so it's kind of also it changes so sometimes I'll wake up and I just go to my dry sauna and I'm like in there for a while, just like on Instagram. So I, I'm not committed to being stuck to something. I'm committed to asking myself, what do I need today? I love that. That's such an important question. Love, love, love that. Um, would you, were you always able to sit by yourself? Oh, hell no. <laughs> like this is like the last like two years and it's like the, been the best gift and I can go eat by myself. I can go do so many things by myself and it's been like the raddest adventure of all time. So I'm like, actually I kind of want to be alone and I think I'm super cool. So I'm just going to hang out by me. But like, 
for me, I know that was a long process to be able to get there. Because before I'd go to a restaurant and see someone by themselves, I'm like, do you want to come hang out with me? Do you want to sit? Like, I feel bad for them. And now I'm like, you get it, boo. You take that alone time. <laughs> and so, like, I want to ask that from you. Like, what did you have a similar experience? Like, how did you get to be okay to be, like, alone, you know? I love that question. No one's ever asked me on any interview. Thank you for that. Well, yeah. so number one, I'm an only child and I, I'm kind of okay. used to being by myself. Number two, I'm super independent. I've traveled the world by myself before I actually felt comfortable getting around myself. Like I just, I kind of like my own, I like me, you know? So yeah. it's kind of easy to be with yourself when you like yourself. Yeah. But right. I think these deeper parts of being myself, like you mentioned in stillness or whatever, where I'm not on my phone or, or journaling, or I'm literally just being there. That's come because I've dealt with my inner stuff and I've healed some stuff. And I've got to a place where I'm like, I really like me. I really love me. Um, and, and so what that looks like now for me that really fills me up is I go on these soul locations every other month, usually where I'll just go on a really cool trip by myself. Cool. And if wherever you're at too, in terms of your time and, um, money abundance, you could just go away to like a lake or a park for five hours or whatever, and just spending time with me. That's really helpful. Um, and it, and even to this day, it still sometimes feels a little jarring because you want to grab your phone. You want to be doing something, but it's like, let's just luxuriate in the fact that like what I've done, let's celebrate myself. Let's, you know, think about the relationships that I'm so grateful for, whatever comes up for you. It's really a cool thing to do for yourself. And of course, get on technology, do what you want to do, write, whatever, yeah. um, read a book. Um, so I do solo locations and then I'm, I'm always making sure that out of the day, I at least have three, four hours by myself. Yeah. Uh, my dog obviously is allowed to hang. <laughs> That's about it. And in this time I can actually think and feel it's like when there's someone around my auric field or my energy is affected. Right. And it's not like negative per se. It's just that it's not in my own. So it's really helpful to ground into your own energy, your own vibration and, and kind of be with that. So it's easy now. And I actually crave it a lot now, but as I was working up to it, I would try to fill that space, not because I didn't like myself per se, but because I felt uncomfortable, like, is this productive mm -hmm. or, you know, is this helpful? And yeah. now I see that my greatest art, my greatest insights, my greatest ahas come from that time alone. It, and even though I might not be doing anything, uh, what comes from that is truly magical. Right. I think I couldn't be alone before because I was so afraid of actually being alone that I'd have to hear my own thoughts and like <laughs> listen and like process. Right. And like you said, now you crave it. And same with like filling other people's energy. I think the more conscious I became, the more aware of my own energy I became and the energy and like the inner power of energy. And then you could like fill people from all over the place. And I'm like, Oh man, you're, Oh, I don't like that. I don't, oh, I like this. I'm gonna step into this. Like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna jump into this energy field. Like, and so it makes you be so much more aware of that. And before I just thought I was like some super like intense person. And I'm like, oh, this is like a gift. Okay. I understand energy and I see it and I can feel it and I'm aware of it. And like, I can help move it. And like, I can be one with it. And that became something where I had to realize you have to be alone too. So that way you can like protect your energy field and protect your vibe and like know who you want to share that with and who you don't want to share that with. And that's okay too. And it's okay to have that alone time. And I used to have like the worst FOMO, like people could be going to the dollar store. And I'm like, I want to go. Like, what you <laughs> I want to go. They're like, you're, you're at work. I'm like, I don't care. Don't go somewhere without me. But now it's like, no, I want to be alone and I want to heal and I want to deal. And like, 
when you do that, it becomes like this most powerful gift for yourself, like you said, and you don't have to be doing anything because that's almost like the most productive thing. And then you see, you truly end up seeing life as a gift and you love yourself more and you just, you're full, you know, rather than like trying to distract yourself with something else or distract yourself with technology or anything, you're just like actually present. And it's like, it's like, have you ever like driven down the same road a thousand times and you never saw a building and then all of a sudden you see a building, you're like, holy shit, how long has that been here? And then you're like, oh my gosh, it's been there for like 10 years. It's the same thing when you like actually sit in silence with yourself and you're like, wow, this has been within me for this long, but I just haven't let it come out. And like, it becomes this beautiful ride, right? Like, I don't know. Do you follow me on that? Like, it's just- Absolutely. Presence. And, and I think too, when you say yes to that time with yourself, like you mentioned, you do say no to a lot of other things and that can feel weird at first. Yeah. And then, like you said, the FOMO just kind of drizzles away and dissolves because you know that, you know, your priorities. Right. And I think that's really what a part of this is that you're learning um, what you want to pour your time and energy into. And I think that no matter what your circumstances, it should always be yourself first. Absolutely. For sure. Self-love literally saved my soul, saved me. Right. Um, I love that you talked about just like all your advice and like how you've become you and like your own self-love journey. Would you say there's any like books that you would recommend that have really helped shift you like with your mental thinking or just like your own self-love that you would tell our listeners they should for sure listen to? I know you're about to write a book too. So tell us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I used to read a ton of books around this stuff. I I mean, my favorite book ever is the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton. He really does a great job of marrying science and spirit And at that time when I read it, I needed that to understand that my thoughts on a cellular level were impacting my body and so on. So that one was really helpful for me. Um, I like in-person experiences and working with coaches. I find that to be uh, a little bit more potent than books, yet oftentimes books really fill me up. Lately, I really loved reading The Wild Woman's Way by Michaela Bohem. I went to her retreat up in Ojai had a really beautiful time. It's more of a book to tap into that feminine wild part of us that we might have tamed over the years. So that one really moved me as well. I love that. I love that you say that we tame parts of ourselves. I think that we feel, especially as women, like what we should be like and like our feminality or our masculinity and like, oh, I I can't have too much of this. I can't have too much of that. And we try to show up in the world that way rather than just like totally being ourselves and letting ourselves be free. What, what has been like the most freeing thing you've done for you to step into either being like more masculine, more feminine, or just like, just being, what would you say? Yeah, it sounds like not that hardcore, but for me, it it really was. Recently, I gave myself permission to scale down my company and to just focus solely on me, my health, my alignment, what I really want. And And so in a way, my tame self would have just kept scaling and kept growing and kept going. And my wild self was like, whoa, I have my whole life to create more and more success. I can still impact people at whatever scale I want to. And um, giving myself this permission slip to let go of maybe identities that I build up for myself and related those to my significance has felt super wild and and scary at times and and just kind of letting go of this part of me that I built up 
to be the reason why people loved me, thought I was worthy, wanted to be around me or whatever, and just focused more on my soul and my truth and myself versus like this company and like being a mentor has been pretty cool and scary and kind of wild for me lately. I'm so proud of you for that. And I honor you for that. That's so amazing. And I love how you said I'm giving myself permission. I love using words like that. Like give yourself permission to be you, like just step into you, whatever that you is right now in this season, in this moment, like fully embrace it because you only get one life to live like right now. And like, you got to fully live it and just embrace it. And I want to kind of go back to something you said earlier, but you said, once you figured out the priorities that you had for yourself, it was easier to kind of be yourself. How would you tell our listeners to understand like what their priorities are? Like, how do they go about doing that looking inward and all that? Yeah. Well, I think that everyone has a different personality, right? So I'm a two on the Enneagram. So I always want to help others. Okay. And and so I think depending on your personality type and what you think is important, what feels good to you, what you, what you find fun and all of that kind of plays into this. But no matter what personality you have, I think that sometimes what can happen is people put others, their family, their significant others, their kids, their business, whatever, um, in front of themselves on the priority list. And literally nothing else can function correctly and most effectively and tell you put yourself as number one priority. So I would put all sorts of things, especially my business, um, above myself. So if I were to create a priority list now, it'd be like number one, like sleep, number two, time by myself, you know, like no, and I would break it down. I mean, the basis is like number one, me, number two, my marriage, number three, my family and friends, number four, everything else like business or before I had just learned how to put business in its place and put relationships um, as secondary. So I, one of my friends told me this quote years ago and I lived by it and it's give of your, give of your abundance, not of your sustenance. So I used to give of me, of like pour out, I'd be on E at the end of the day. Now I give until I'm at a hundred, then I keep focusing on me because I need to be a hundred percent. So my priorities have shifted in that I'm radically committed to putting me first that's not selfish. That's self-loving. Yeah, like you and, can see it's not selfish because people yeah. think it's so selfish. And I'm like, no, it's more selfish for you to not love you because you're not giving the people around you a hundred. You're not even mm-hmm. giving yourself a hundred. And then you're not really being your best you. And you're going to bed at night all pissed off and resentful that you didn't get to do all these things that you wanted to do or that you're not in the right mindset. And it's like, just start with loving you and like honoring you. And what do you need right now? What do you need in the moment? And like, how can you be your best you today? What is that? What does that entail right now? Just be right yeah, now. Yeah, and modeling that for other people. So yes. me, me reworking my priorities has given a lot of people in my life, and especially my mom, this kind of real life model of what it looks like to take care of yourself. It's like she would, I probably learned it from her to take care of everyone else, right? And so now that I'm taking care of me, she has permission. Now my husband has permission. Now my friends are like, that's pretty cool. She's she's taking care of you. If I have kids one day, they're gonna learn to prioritize and honor themselves first. So you're a model through doing this as well. It's not just for you, it is, but you're showing people and you're rippling that like on everyone in your life, which is super powerful. I love that. And that is self-love. Like, and when you're filling up your own self-love tank, you have more to give when your cup is full, you are, you overflow on people automatically. And then like, you're just vibrant and you're glowing and your energy's there. And you're just like, 
okay, I want to give to the world, but you can't do that until you give to yourself. And I was the same way. I definitely had like this huge disease to please. Cause I felt like if I didn't give everybody all of me and like always show up for people that way, like I would, I could be in bed in the middle of the night and someone could call and be like, Hey, could you take me to Taco Bell? I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. Like her all her and get up and like go like, and it's an hour and a half drive. And it's like, no, it's okay to say no. It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to people that don't honor you. It's okay to let those people go too. And just like fully love you. That is love is like taking care of you, taking care of your mind, like keeping your mind right. So your soul's right. So you are right. And like, when you change that mindset where it's not selfish and it's okay. And like, go to the gym. Like I'm a mom too. So like before it was like, Oh, I can't go to the gym because then I'm taking away time from my kids and all this stuff. Right. It's like, I'm a better mom going to the gym and running on the treadmill and running out my frustrations and like proving to myself that I can do anything and changing my mindset in the gym and working on me and being like, soul sister, you can pick that up. And then I do it. I'm like, hell yeah, I can do anything. And then I'm like, I, like you said, I love it. You're like, you're, you're modeling that. I'm modeling that for my kids. It's like, go take care of you first. Go do that for you because then you're just better. And I, I, I love how you describe that. Like you're modeling that for everybody else around you. And it does, it happens. And it's like, it's like you give them permission to be themselves and love themselves first too. So I think that's freaking amazing. I just yeah, it. absolutely. Good stuff. Yes. Um, so a couple other things, if you, what, what would you say has been like your biggest life lesson as far as like looking back and being like, wow, this is like the coolest gift of all time about life. Definitely death. So when my dad died, obviously a lot of things come, came up um, and I didn't know how to grieve. There was, I tried to read books on it. They sucked. I tried to go to a therapist. It sucked. Like I, I was just trying to like, what do I do? You know, and nothing was really working. And, um, <laughs> so I learned, I learned a lot of things along the last, you know, eight years since my dad passed. Death is ultimately the greatest teacher more than nature, more than children, more than any lesson that business will ever teach you. Uh, it reminds you of everything. It, it gets you back in, in alignment. It, it is really the potion to your own evolution. Uh, and if you use it as that. And so for me, it really shook me in every way imaginable and also provided me this perspective to live in a different way and to honor myself in a different way. And to, to uh, feel into different levels of gratitude. It's just, it really was everything for me. So even though, of course, I miss my dad every single day, I still feel him with me though. Uh, I'm so grateful because without that experience, no way I would be where I am today, uh, like hands down. So I'm glad that in my early 20s, I had that experience so that I can live the rest of my life with that wisdom inside of me. That is the most beautiful thing ever. And I love that. And I love that. I, I hope our listeners take this away from that is that something that could be so hard for so many people that they never move past that they let them become a victim of, they let that change their life to be the opposite and be like, Oh, my dad passed away. Why this happened to me? What is going on? You chose to see this as how is this happening for me? What is the lesson? What is the gift? What is the value in this? And how do I use this to, to be my best me? And how do I use this to have like the best life? And like what, and I love, I love being a student of life. And I love that you made that like your biggest life lesson because that's what it is, right? It's like, 
life is always there to teach you. It's always there. It's always happening for you. And you did that and you saw it and it became this amazing gift. And then look at this light that you're able to shine and share with the world because you saw it that way. And had you not, had you been like, why'd this happen to me? We wouldn't even be having this conversation, right? So I honor you. And I thank you so much for like seeing that gift and like loving that gift. And like, that's, that's what life's about is just seeing the gifts in life that happen for you. And when you go back and you look at your life, instead of seeing the hardest thing that happened to you, what was the lesson? What was the gift? And I challenge you when you do that, life will become beautiful for you and you will see it through a totally different lens. And so thank you for doing that. And thanks for just talking to our listeners and being so amazing. How can tell, tell them how they can find you what's going on for you. Like, I know you have your book coming out, you have a podcast, like tell them all the things they need it. They need to be hearing from you. Yeah. A woman to what you said about not being the victim. One of my favorite, um, and I'll get that, right. I just want to say this real quick. I think it could be helpful for someone listening if they haven't heard of it. One of my favorite methods for understanding if you're in the victim, uh, kind of mentality or archetype is called the drama triangle. And there are three parts that make up the three tips. And there's the victim, the villain, and the hero. And a lot of people fall into the hero archetype. They're trying to save others and they sacrifice themselves along the way. Um, And a lot of people are in victim. Life's happening against me. This is so hard. This sucks. And then not a lot of people in my life and a lot, not a lot of leaders of their own lives fall into villain which is like making people wrong and bad being the bully. So I think when you're not seeing something as for you, you can go into victim really easily, like you mentioned. And that, that framework really helped me understand where in my life I was actually falling into any of those archetypes. Um, so I, I just wanted to mention that because that I really love that. Me. Victim or victor. It's like, victim. yeah, yeah. I'm like not in the drum triangle at all. Out the triangle, yo. I am the diamond of life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you. So I'm writing my first book right now. I, I Woo, think a lot of people go. write books because it's good for their brand, but I, I'm a deep, like I'm a writer since I was a little girl. And so I'm really excited for this because it feels like part of my reason why I'm here on the planet. And, and then everything is on my Instagram at Libby Crow. And then my website is Libby Crow. So you can catch all the things there. And I think what I'm most excited about uh, this year is I'm rebranding and I'm going to be sharing more lifestyle content. So not just business and strategy, more of all of Libby land. So my relationship and conscious relationship, and then sharing things that I love, uh, in terms of products and brands that I dig to, you know, deep spiritual lessons, self-love type stuff. And then of course a little leadership in business, cause I just can't help myself, but it'll be of a more holistic brand, which feels great. So that's what I'm most excited about. I'm working on the new website now. And I think that the audience will love kind of a, a more layered holistic Libby. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm up to. And I think, Two, last thing, we're always pivoting and changing as humans and as entrepreneurs and just as humans in general. And just to be okay if something's feeling exciting and like there's a seed planted, like see where that's going to take you. It's it's normal to pivot, especially like every six months, if you're tapped into self-growth and self-development. And so that's kind of what I've done this whole time is where does my excitement take me? And that's where I go, the jelly bean trail, right? So I'm excited that it's taking me into a, a more holistic way of sharing for the future. I love it. 
I just freaking love you. Like your vibe is unreal. Like you're just so amazing. I just love it. And I love that you just like follow your heart and you are who you are. And like, thank you so much. I legit have like mad chills just talking. Chills. Oh, thank you. Thank you for seeing that because you are it, right? Vibe tribe. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to talk about or add to our listeners? I feel like you brought so much value. I would just go back to that one question that I mentioned at the beginning, which is asking yourself, maybe you set an alarm on your phone because you're getting used to this self-inquiry and self-trust, but ask yourself the question, what do I need right now? And maybe you add, what do I really need right now? Because you might say like water, but maybe you actually need a nap. Or you might say a walk, but maybe you actually just need to go on vacation. Like we don't really know. So what do I really need right now? Asking yourself that can really open a portal of awesome for you. I absolutely love that. And I think that just helps you be like in the moment and present. So thank you so much for that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Just Talking. This will be the best episode of your life because every episode is the best of your life if you decide to look at it and say, what did I get to learn from today? So thanks for tuning in to Just Talking with me and Libby Crow today.